0: What's up party people, it's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party And showing us a lot of love You know what we do, we're bringing you all the live guests We're bringing you the best podcast on the internet Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review People's Party, Talib Kweli, let's go
1: Look at what we
0: Party people in the place to be once again is Talib Kweli. Once again, you are tuned into the People's Party, the world's best podcast. Of course, always and forever on People's Party, I got my lovely and talented and thoughtful and thought-provoking and beautiful co-host Jasmine Lee in the house. Give it up for Jasmine Lee, party people. <laughs> oh, thanks. I got claps this time. We're going to have a good time with this interview because... um. What we what we about to do is take you on a journey. We're gonna take you on a journey from the darkness to the light. We're gonna take you on a journey from the hood all the way to Hollywood lights and back. We're gonna take you on a journey from where black people started at to where black people are right now and to where black people have to be in the future. This next artist that we have on People's Party is part of one of the most dynamic rap. Group duo duos or groups to ever come out of hip hop, much less coming out of Queens. And we're gonna get into that because there's a lot of groups that come out of Queens. Queens, the competition is healthy. This band's first album, The War Report, is historic. It helped establish the gritty sound of the grimy era. Like crews like the locks um stuck together through serious shit. This crew stuck together over decades. They, they, they had some falling out, but they came back together. I'm talking about the Reunion album, Channel 10 album, War Report 2 album. But this artist also has solo records, Pain, Time and Glory, Menace to Society, Revenge is a Promise. And we also gonna talk about a new project with my man, Locke, called Wolves. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a spitter in the house. This man attacks the beat. A lifelong mainstay of the culture. Give it up for Capone in the house. Woo! What up, Capone? What's
1: up, baby? What's, What's up, bro? Man? Hey bro, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. You know what I'm saying? Hey, this is long overdue. Long yes. overdue, man. I'm so excited to be here with you, talking on your platform. Because I watch you. you, and your platform is so amazing. And I thank just you. want the people to know that I'm I'm, I'm grateful. I'm gracious for everything you brought to the game. And now you're, you're in
0: media now. So it's like you're embarking <laughs> on a whole nother level. And I'm just glad to be a part of that, my brother, for real. Thank you. And I appreciate it. And when you say it's long overdue, it's not just long overdue for us to do something like in this setting on the podcast, but just for us to connect because we was yes. like we was talking before the show. We run in a lot of the same circles and we, yes. we fuck with a lot of the same people. Um, yeah. You know, and I consider that I consider that a, code of, a badge of honor. That I run in the same circles as an MC as highly esteemed as yourself. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate you, family, for real. No doubt. Now I mentioned in the intro that you from Queens. Um yes. this puts you, you know, of course, Capone and Noriega, Nas, Mob Deep, um, you know, 50, um, you know, but 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 also artists like Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play, Trop Quest, L O Cool J, Pharaoh Munch. There's so many different vibes and so much competition coming out of Queens. Um, and just the different neighborhoods that all the different rappers sh- shout out. So you being a Queens native, break down where you're from, exactly the uh-huh. neighborhood, and, and then break down how it's different from all the different Queens neighborhoods. People talk about Left Rack, Queensbridge, Southside yeah. Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like People don't really understand the differences. I'm from New York City. I don't really understand yeah. the differences. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like me, me, me.
1: I'm from Queensbridge. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? The homer, Nas... De, Deep, Cormega, Nature, Molly Maul, mm. Craig G, Black Poet. The list goes on, man. I, I, if I forget somebody, pardon me, because we have the most MCs coming out right. of one projects in the United States of That's America. Word. For a fact, hands right. down. So, you know, I'm from the 41st side of 12th Street. Me, Have, we grew up together, Infamous Mob, Todd Nitty. Twin, you know, we all grew up on the same block. And then, like you said, the the the, the, the culture and the, the competition was real healthy out there, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my projects, we, we are a block projects. Like, you have 12th Street, you have 10th Street, and you have Vernon. You mm-hmm. got artists from Vernon, you got artists from 10th Street, you got artists from 12th Street. But we all on different paths. But mm-hmm. when you see Queensbridge... We all come together, you know what I'm saying? It's each man for themselves, no doubt. But we help each other along the way. But, you know, Queensbridge is the biggest projects in the wilderness in, the wilderness in North America, for one. You know what I'm saying? But we also, like, you know, we're friends with Southside, Jamaica, Queens, Lost Boys, mm-hmm. Left Rat with Nori, and, and Flush and with Roy we're Flush. And, you know, we, we're, we're Queens, we're Queens. I think Queens has the most artists. Aside from Queensbridge having the most artists coming out of one projects, Queens has the most artists coming out of one borough Mm. ever to get on, you know what I'm saying? Dating back to G-Rap, dating back to, to, I could go on, I could go on about all the artists that came out of Queens from the 80s to to now. I think Mm. Queens held the crown, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to Mm. Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, all
0: the other boroughs, but Queens has the most artists, hands down. Shout out to uh, Marley Marl, definitely, and um, and MC yes. Shan. Um, yes, yes, you know because yes. Shan triggered a lot of a lot of a lot of people. He triggered some things. Yeah, you know, he paved the um, way. Yeah, he paved the way. Do you feel like though? Because Nas has rapped about. I'm I don't remember the exact song, but Nas has alluded to after MC Shan came out and krs one came out with Bridges Over that that right. put a battery in his back personally as an artist. And, and made him be like, nah, fuck that. Like, I got to represent for Queens even harder. Do you feel the yes. same way? Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, when we was going
1: out of town, all they played was The bridges Over. Mm-hmm. They didn't play The Bridge. They just played The bridges Over because it kind of outshadowed The Bridge for mm-hmm. a second. It definitely did because at that point, KRS-One was bigger than Shan. Mm-hmm. Shan was big, but KRS-One had... Cultivated hip hop, so mm. it's like mm. we used to go places and they'd be like, "Where you from? You from Queens? Yeah, we from Jamaica. Nah, Queensbridge. Where that's at? Southside? Nah, Queensbridge. Like we had to <laughs> for so long right. explain the motherfuckers where it was Queensbridge, right. and it, it was like it was like, "Oh, y'all the motherfuckers uh, KRS One dissed, right. yeah." I, but we are, where's Queensbridge at? No, mm. Everybody knew where Queensbridge at, was at, but they didn't know that was Queensbridge until Nas and Mardi. Mm. Like, they made people really understand what Queensbridge was, where Queensbridge was, and what Queensbridge stood for. It was hard for us, even in jails. Even going to jail in the 80s, a lot of people from Queensbridge had to say they was from Jamaica because... They just didn't understand the nature and the existence
0: of Queensbridge, mm. but that changed in the early '90s. Right, no that doubt. Y'all, y'all was part of that. Um, now you yes. met Nori. You met Nori in, in, while while locked up, right? Yeah, yeah. I met Nori in jail in 1992.
1: And you know '74. I no, mean? no. Nah, nah, we actually met um, upstate in Harlem Valley. We was both locked up for shooting people. Nori basically was on my heels because I'm a little older than Nori. I'm two years older than Nori. So Nori followed my heels, meaning that the junior high school I went to, when I graduated, he went there. You know what I mean? When I, when I, got, when, when I, and when I got to jail, when I went up north, he just got to the jail. So mm-hmm. we wind up, like, it was like he was destined. It was like destiny was following us. Like, I'm going to connect, y'all. But it's going to take a little second. But I'm going to connect, y'all. Right. First, we connected in church. We used to have to go to church to, to see each other. My man, Worm, made the introduction. And mm-hmm. Maldonado kept it going by bringing me and Nori to see each other on the low. And we connected. And then I got Nori pulled to my side of the jail because we both played basketball.
2: Okay. So I
1: got Nori pulled to my side of the jail. Because he was good in basketball. And mm-hmm. we had the best basketball team. And then from there, it was history. But we never rapped in jail. I, I didn't even okay. know he could rap. Like, we never, ever kicked around for each other in jail. Mm-hmm. Our rap relationship started out of jail. Not in jail. Okay. That's what people don't, don't understand. We're okay, not in okay. jail, but we we never, we never talked about, yo, when we get home, we're going to become Capone or Noriega. It was none of that. <laughs> We said right. we're going to get the most work. We're going to sell the most bricks or we're going to do something. But it was never rap. Rap didn't come till later.
3: I didn't know that you could recruit basketball players in jail. Yeah, yeah. We rec- so I rec- was rec- like a scout. <laughs> yeah, I
1: was a scout. I was a scout. I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was nice. I was nice. Our first game we played against each other. We both looked at each other and said, yo, we're going to check each other, but we're not going to play no defense. And I had 35 mm. and he had 33. And we became best <laughs> friends ever since that day. Wow, we became best friends ever since that day.
0: I heard you on a breakfast club talking about uh, Asiatic. Asiatic. See, hey, hey, listen, I like the way you
1: move, Tyler. Hey, (laughs) listen, let me tell you something. If I can tell you, Mm -hmm. mind you, this is a jail when the oldest person in the jail is probably 18 years old. So me and Nori, at that time, I was probably 16. He was probably 14. or I was 15. I mean, I was 17 and he was 15, about to turn 16. Asiatic had to be about 17 because when you turn 18, then you got to go to the grown folks jail. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he was probably 17. I swear to you not. He was Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. in every sense. I'm talking about every dunk Jordan could do Mm -hmm. at 17. Asiatic was doing that dunk cradles tongue out to the point where college teams was coming to recruit him. Like when is he going home? With, mm-hmm. to the point where they say, Yo, we're gonna give him an outside clearance. And he was going to play for other teams. He was mm-hmm. that nice. I've mm-hmm. never seen nobody in my life mm-hmm. at that age that powerful of a person on the court. Never mm-hmm. in my life. Clayton. Shout out to Asiatic. I don't know where he's at in the world right now, but he's <laughs> the best you, player I ever seen in my life. Straight now y'all up. was
0: also um y'all was also locked up with uh members of the Central Park Five, right? Youssef and Kevin. Definitely. Yeah, Youssef and Kevin was my man's.
1: Like we was all on the same house. Look, like, when when I, when I got to uh the college unit because we, you know, I was a little smart. I took my GED, got my GED, uh-huh. then went to college, went to the college unit, mm-hmm. and we had um, a basketball team there. And that's when I met Youssef and Kevin. And you know, Youssef was tall. Kevin, we all played ball together. But one thing I said when I first met him, mm-hmm. they ain't do the shit. Like mm, it, you know right. how you could look at somebody and say they ain't do that shit. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like and it was nothing that we talked about as inmates in the jail. Like that was just our niggas. That was Kev, that was Youssef. That was our niggas. It was not like yo you sure you ain't do that shit. It was never a question or never a conversation. That was mm. my homeboys. And from then we played basketball. Their families every holiday got Ben and Jerry's and soul food restaurants to cater for the whole jail. We Mm. ate good, man. Like they took, Mm. their families took care of the whole jail because they wanted to make their kids existence in that jail, knowing that they're innocent as comfortable as possible. And that's Mm. the only thing they could do was every holiday we had Ben and Jerry's might've been Sylvia's or whatever for the whole fucking jail. And, and you know what? And when they got exonerated, I might have been the one crying the most because mm-hmm. I knew my brothers was innocent. I knew that they didn't do that shit.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Where does Bond? Um, I heard that she used to run around battling and and with Big L. Me and Big L, me and Big L came in the game. Like,
1: I didn't come in the game with Big L. Let me let me get this mm-hmm. clear. I mm-hmm. came in the game and Big L was dealing with the same people I was dealing with in the hip hop realm which Mm -hmm. was faith newman you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying and faith newman was trying to get a situation for big l and trash at that time he was um getting in a situation with faith newman where he Mm -hmm. could she could get a situation for me Mm -hmm. so me and big l naturally when faith newman called him out to do something she called me out so we wound up in the same clubs, in the same spots. And we went mm-hmm. at we went at niggas. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it just so happened that, that that's a part of history that I wish I could have video documented. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, you know, rest in peace, he's gone now. But some people might be like, you wasn't running with Big L. Yeah, we was we was definitely, we had a mutual respect. Like, you get on, I'm fucking with you. Mm-hmm. You get on, I'm fucking with you. Because Big L was super nice. I wasn't as yeah. nice as Big L. I'm a dick. But... Okay. One thing I can say is that we both was hungry at the same time and had an opportunity. And it just so unfortunately that he passed and Faith Newman, uh, her situation at Columbia,
0: it, it it ran its course and I had to go another route. Yeah, I mean, I think that you and Big L definitely had the visual experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this very, You're a very visual MC and I think it's because of... The life that a lot of rappers was rapping about, y'all yeah, was l- living that life. Um, yeah. You know, like, like my favorite Capone lyric, like just the way you laid it, is like, just put me in, like makes me makes me feel like I'm really in New York. Yeah. When you say I did I did it for the love of Cassiana, trafficking across the Verazana, coke dealing marijuana. <laughs> like just saying yeah. Ver- just saying Verizona instead of yeah. Verazano. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm It's some. That's some New York. That's some that's real hip-hop. New York. Shit. That's
1: some New York shit. We make our yeah. own language up. You know what I mean? We make yeah, our yeah, own yeah, language yeah. up. That was the wave. I. That was the mind state I was in. You know what I mean? Because I was really doing shit like that. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. That was the wave I was in.
0: So you also mentioned y'all was also talking about uh, skipping town to get to Poughkeepsie a lot. Yeah, like the thing was Poughkeepsie was a constant reference because Poughkeepsie.
1: Like the thing about Poughkeepsie was. Mm-hmm. At that time, New York hustlers, you hustled in maybe four parts of upstate New York. Mm -hmm. Albany, Poughkeepsie, Middletown, and Schenectady, and Troy. That's where anywhere you go to them five spots in upstate New York, you're going to find city niggas deep. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that was like, that's just like Delaware at that time, where you had Nas headed to Delaware with one change of gear. Like, it, we didn't go right. down south. We went further enough that I-95 took us to where uh, we could move with some birds in the trunk and get back safe. So mm. it's, it's either you was going south to Delaware to More, And that's probably it. Or to the Carolinas. That's maybe as far. But when you're going the other way, you go to Poughkeepsie, Newburgh, right. Schenectady, Albany. That was my route. Everybody right. had their route. That right. was my route. I, and all, honestly, how I got on, I was in Troy, New York, hustling, And mm. Trash called me, like, yo, I'm going to the studio. I'm like, where? Who are you going to the studio with? He said, Jam Master J. I said, mm. I right, bet. So I'm like, all right, cool. Wow. I'm staying up here. I'm I'm staying up here getting money. Because I was in Troy. I'm staying up here getting money. He like, yeah, I should come to the studio. So I'm like, nah. But my man, Wonderful, went to the studio. He was a rapper, too. So Wonderful calls me like, yo, trash said, come to the studio. I'm like, no, I'm not going. Mind you, at this time, I'm not trying to be a rapper. I'm still Mm -hmm. doing me. So make a long story short, I pay a fiend to drive me all the way to the studio. I get to the studio. It's Jam Master J, (laughs) J J-O Felony, Trash, and my man Wonderful.
2: Wow.
1: uh, Jam Master J put on a beat. We all sat around and freestyled. Jam Master J looked at me, was like, oh shit, I like this kid. Word, boom, jail felony. You know, he didn't know me. I didn't know him. He like, yo, mm-hmm. you dope. Boom, we kicked mm-hmm. it. Trage on the other hand, was like, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> Don't go sell no more drugs. We're going to get some money. We're going to get some right. rap money. And from there, you know, I hustled a little bit more mm-hmm. to get comfortable.
0: And I came back and so it was history from there with trash. Um, I'm glad you brought tragedy up um, because I think that's another way that we are connected. Um, mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, me as a fan of hip hop, when I was in junior high school, uh, Arrest the President came out and Intelligent Hoodlum came out. And it was, this was, it wasn't, that was tragedy, the intelligent hoodlum, not yeah. tragedy, not tragedy, Gaddafi, right? Not right. the, the Foul
1: not the Foul Yeah,
0: not that yet. <laughs> and I remember what I what I liked about it was, to me, it was like, coming from where I was coming at that time, i never seen something that was so street and so hood, but so intelligent at the same time. I mean, he embodied the, intelli- I'm the intelligent hoodlum. Like, it wasn't just yes. a, a, a catchphrase, a name. It was like, that's who this dude was. And yep. um, I used to go shopping in Greenwich Village a lot and hang out and freestyle when I was like 14 years old, maybe 14, 15 years old, and I went to a store that was uh, David Z's Shoes. David right.
1: Z's right there. I, David I, I, everybody fucking David Z's, yeah.
0: baby. I went Come to on. David Z's shoes, and I and I ran into I ran into Pasta Noose Daylight, okay, right? Daylight, and I yeah. was like, I was like, yo, and I rapped. I was like, how I get on? He's like, mm-hmm. you you rapped. He was like, you need a manager. He was like, go holla at, at Rush, Russell Simmons, mm-hmm. and them. I said, well, he's around the corner on Elizabeth Street, right? So I go around the corner, and I'm sitting there in the lobby. And I see Search walk in and walk up the yeah. stairs. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm in the right spot, right? And then tra- Tragedy walk in. And he had, he talked to somebody and this and that. And then he see me. I don't remember how we met. I, I I asked him for a picture or something. He used to carry a camera. I was like, take a picture with me. I got yeah. that picture at the crib to this day.
1: Dope. We
0: took a picture. And he sat there and he, he sat there and rapped with me and spoke to me for like two hours on that day. Wow. And this was the first big famous rap star I met was tragedy. Mm. And then I watched him evolve in the tragedy Gaddafi, and I watched what happened. What you know, you and I've seen a lot of interviews with you and Nori where y'all re- refer to tragedy as a walking projects. Like yes. wherever y'all at, at in life he gotta bring you back to where y'all came from. Yeah. So for the people watching this show, can you break down the importance of what tragedy mean, not just to you but to Queens and the hip hop? I mean like let me tell
1: you something, man. Like trash for me, like it wouldn't be no component or yeah if it wasn't for trash. For one, meaning that I had that much faith in trash to stop what I was doing in life. Not just hustling, stop my life and say, I'm going to do whatever this man asked me to do as far as getting on the music. Because I knew what he stood for, for hip hop. And I just knew that aside from being a dope lyricist, aside from being the the MC that he is, he was a good brother. Mm-hmm. He was a good teacher, he was a good mentor, so not alone just for what he gave me as far as what he wanted to do in music, he helped me become a better man as well as as giving me jewels as teaching me lessons as giving me jewels. but one thing that was bugged out to me that I just found out that mm-hmm. I'm speaking to do it all do it from the laws of the underground. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know tragedy gave them their name, Lords of the Underground. So that tells you alone how deep this brother is and how much he means to not just my career, not just to your career, but to other careers that he had paved the way to. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that people need to understand that as of right now, He's getting on my nerves. I'm making it clear to the world. I want to give him a wedgie when I see him. I want to to give him a wedgie when I see him. I I want to punch him right in the tip of his nose. Boom, just like that. Not even hit him, just go boom. Because right now he got me mad as hell. But guess what? I love that brother, though. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, everything we've been through in life, I'm not going to let one screw up or mishap dictate our future, but he's so <laughs> monumental to hip-hop, and I think that he would be even more monumental if he was on a symphony because he was part of the Juice Group. People don't even understand that yeah, he was part of the Juice Group, and I think that if he was on a symphony, Traj's life will be different because mm-hmm. everybody that was on a symphony made it to a certain level in hip-hop, mm-hmm. and Traj, I think that that, that right there with a catapulted him, But you know what? He's doing things now. He did things for us. And I love the brother, you know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna give him a wedgie when I see him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give him an old school QB wedgie. Ooh. Straight up.
3: You're gonna a wedgie in a minute. Uh, you gonna see tragic
1: one in a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? Word. But I love that brother, I love that brother, but he's just, he's really getting on my nerves right now. He is. And, I, I, and you know what? I'm always saying this because you're my brother. I won't say this on nobody else's show. I no doubt. I didn't even say this on drink shows. I ain't. I don't, I'm not gonna say it on nobody's show. But you're my yeah. brother, and 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 I know that you have a love for the brother that I got
0: for the brother. And yeah. I'm gonna give him a wedgie. Well, it's I'm interesting. That, sure. It's interesting that you said that because as you was as you was saying that, I was thinking in my head. I was like. I brought tragedy up in that way I did, I did for a reason. I don't know what that mm-hmm. reason is yet, but mm-hmm. there was a reason that it came out the way it did.
1: Nah, I did. And, nah. and you know what? I'm never gonna, I'm never ever in my life gonna badmouth that brother. Mm-hmm. Because it wouldn't be no CNN mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Tragedy, Gaddafi, the no foul mati. And no I doubt. will never take, I will never take nothing from him. Mm-hmm. But that don't mean I can't <laughs> give him a wedgie when I say that. Well, y'all yeah, <laughs> got some brotherly brotherly
0: business to work out. We got out. brother to brother business. Word up! But shout out
1: yeah. to shout out to Trage, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No mm, matter no what, I'ma always be indebted, man. He lived no with me. My, he he was there with me with my mother's final days. Mm. He was there. You know what I mean? Mm. So I will never Tell take it. none. Not, 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 no music
0: get in the way of brothership. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt.
3: Uh, we just interviewed Hannibal Burris, the comedian, and yeah. he, was talk- he was talking about your word Beezlebub, uh,
0: which historically <laughs> Yezlebub, means... Yezlebub. Biz- Yezlebub, that's what he said, No Bezelbub.
3: Yezlebub, sorry. Baby.
0: Yezlebub, come on. Bezelbub. Come on, guys, okay. Yezlebub, baby. Hannibal, I said, yo, I'm, I'm interviewing Capone from Capone, Noriega. He said, yo, they used to be like, yo, we on that Yezlebub. <laughs> <laughs> We off the yells about.
1: I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. I'm gonna keep this clear. Nori was the slangetition of the crew. Like I give him that. You know what I mean? He he came up with words that I had to look at him. Be like, yo, you really fucking high, my dude. Like, (laughs) and 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 I'm not gonna lie. And I'm and I'm gonna tell this the honestly truth, honest truth. E40 gave us a lot of inspiration, man. Oh man, just things that water. we said in 40 mm-hmm. Water. Like, I, I, I remember one day we drinking with 40 Water in Manhattan when we had the studio on 33rd Street uh-huh. and we drinking Carlo Rossi. And Ka- oh, shit. Just,
0: you know, you know what I'm it is. Oh, shit. Because I, I, you know? I was about to tell you after you told me this story how I went over 40's house and spent the weekend there and he had bottles of Carlos Rossi strategically Yo. placed all over the crib just in case he wanted to have them. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: 40 that, with that Rossi is yeah, He's he, he start talking in his shit, and you mm-hmm. got to sit there and take notes. Like, all my right, dude, we'll do. Would you say yeah. that again? <laughs> you got to yeah. sit there and take notes. Even like, in oh, for him sh- Between him I and down, For, Shig- for But if you notice that a lot of things we say <laughs> are E-40 slangs. Yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. not like we're trying to... That same thing Snoop went through. Remember Snoop and E-40 went through that little thing where, mm. where Snoop was saying for what? Shizzle and all this and for Down and all this? But it was nobody trying to take nothing from 40 water. You right. have that lane locked. But we can be, I'm gonna say we were biters. Like, <laughs> I have no problem saying, like, listen, we took some of 40, added a little CNN twist, add a little Nori twist, Snoop, add a little snoop twist. But let me tell you something, it's nobody in the game ill than 40 water on a <laughs> slang. Nobody, nobody. Right. And, and, and that's where we, a lot of things that we said and, and, and a lot of words that we used, definitely 40 water expired, definitely. No doubt. That's that Colorado. This is not Colorado. <laughs> this is
0: water. right <laughs> up. Um this is water. I've also heard it said that Big uh, wanted to sign you to Junior Mafia at first. Yeah. Tell me that story.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, we was, uh, me, and Nori was riding around New York and Big was on the radio. And um we like yo, let's go pull up on hot 97, man. When big come downstairs, we're gonna spit for him. So we like, all right, bet. Trash like, come on, let's do it. So we go to Hot 97 and we see big, we see D-Rock SCs and C's in, in the Lex Land in the front. Be like, oh, he's definitely here. Cause this was before pre-recorded. You know what I mean? The artist was definitely there. So mm-hmm. now we we go and we park up and we like stalkers. We like, all right, we're gonna wait till big come down. And we mm-hmm. see big come down. And get out the car, run right over the hot 97 to the front. Yo, Big, what up? He's like, yo, what up? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, yo, let me spit for you. And and that's why, this is part of the reason why any rapper comes up to me, let me spill for you. I listen. Because right. Big listened to me. Mm. And me and Nori spit. And Big did not want to sign Nori. He looked at me and said, I want you. D-Rock, <laughs> see, somebody take his info right now. <laughs> But I'm going to go into an Ella story, though. I'm going to go into okay, okay, when okay. it gets real, right? Big like, take his info. Let's. I want to fuck with you. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm super gassed. Trash looking at me like, all right, you know? Because in, in the back of trash's mind, he like, you're going to be the only Queens nigga around a bunch of Brooklyn niggas. This ain't going to work. We already had a million years of, when we get to jail, the Brooklyn niggas be like, where you from, Queens? You know, cause we was we was light, we was late, right. you But you know, so now I'm to fast forward to about maybe six, seven months later. It's a show going on in North Carolina. It's Big Nas, nice, deep Keith Murray, and uh, Mister Cheeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Big, it was supposed to be the show on Friday, the after party on Saturday. So Big missed his flight. He was in L.A. So they had the after party on Friday and then the show the next day. So now we have the after party, whatever, you know, the next day, Big comes to, to North Carolina and we all in Nas' room smoking, mm-hmm. drinking, doing whatever. So Big comes in Nas' room and he looks at Nas and say, yo, I've been looking for this little nigga from your projects named Capone. I got his number. He rap with a woop de So Nas like, I don't know no nigga name, cause Nas didn't even know I rapped at the time. So Nas like, I don't, I don't know no nigga name Capone that rap. I just know nigga name Capone. He a shooter. That nigga right there. <laughs> Big turned around. Big turned around and looked at me, said, "That's him right there." Yo, I'm, on, I'm on a balcony, gas as fuck. Like, yo, you think Big was looking for me? So we, I wound up going holler at Big. Big like, yo, you coming out on stage with me tonight? And I was, I was a stage horn that night. I, <laughs> I rap on Big set, I rapped on Nas set, and I rapped on Mob Deep set. But for me, that was the best moment I could ever have. I rapped on the three dopest sets ever. Mm. and legendary. Nas, Big, and Mob Deep. And I wasn't even a rapper at the time. Mm. And that gave me my my motivational aspect of my life to say, I'm going to do this shit. I don't know. Now Now I'm going to do this. And mm. Big, Big, rest in peace, Big. And you know, Big was supposed to be on a remix of T.O.N.Y. Okay. Big, we did T.O.N.Y. at Daddy's house because L.A. L.A. We were supposed to use this. Is how Big fucked with us? We were supposed to use L.A. L.A. for Puff Daddy's mixtape, and this is the monumental mixtape where everybody got on it. This is where niggas done started something. If you yeah. let the money, that's that's the mixtape where the locks got on. DMX got on, Mace got on, Mm -hmm. Cam got on, everybody except for us. But we was right. We were supposed to have been there. Right. So Puff felt bad that he couldn't use L.A.L.A. for his mixtape because at that time, shit was real. You know, 9-6 shit was real. It was real with the East and West. And uh, Puff was like, yo, I don't want to do this. He was like, but being that I told y'all I was going to let y'all get on my mixtape, Y'all can use Daddy's House for free. So we like, holy shit, I bet. And that's how T.O.N.Y. came about. we in Daddy's mm. House recording other records. Nasheen comes in, like, y'all got a beat for y'all. And it was mm. the T.O.N.Y. beat. That's so crazy wind up, beat. Yeah, we wound up recording T.O.N.Y. And in the process of recording T.O.N.Y., Big, no matter of fact, I'm going to fast forward, we was mixing T.O.N.Y. now, and Big comes in the studio and was like, yo, I'm gonna do the remix. As Soon as I get back from LA, I'm gonna do the remix. I'm like, damn, I ain't gonna be here. Cause mm. I had to go to jail in two weeks. Mm. I'm like, yo, I'm not gonna be here, Big. He like, yo, I'm gonna go to LA. I'm gonna come back, I'm gonna do the remix. And Big never made it back from LA. Mm. And I went to jail. Mm. Crazy. crazy, crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. But Big, um, Big definitely wanted me down with Jam. He definitely wanted right me down on. with Jimmy Murphy. Uh
3: A lot of rappers talk gangster shit and there's rappers uh-huh. who pretty much make their whole careers out of telling that story. You actually lived it. Uh, Looking back, do you feel like you got caught up in the criminal aspects of the game? I mean, the criminal aspects of what? Like
1: hip-hop or just the street game? Of Mm hip-hop? I mean, you know, like hip-hop, you automatically get tested. Like if you say you bust your gun, it's going to be somebody that's going to want to test you as a hip hop artist and see if you really bust your gun. They're going to try to rob you. They're going to try to disatarnish your name or whatever. I think for me, it's just the fact that before I got on, I was just so deep in the game that, you know, you could get away with so much, but that shouldn't catch up to you. And the shit I was doing caught up to me. So when people, I still have people to this day, like you was, you had an album, you getting on, how did you catch a charge? Listen, I didn't catch the charge when I had a record deal. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I caught the charge before I got my record Mm -hmm. deal. Then when I got a record deal, I knew I had to go to jail. I got Mm -hmm. caught with guns. I'm a felon. I I shot the police on my last charge. I know I'm not going to beat this case. It's not if I'm going to jail. It's when I'm going to jail. Mm -hmm. So my past caught up to me. So then, then that that's that's my situation. But then you got people's situations that they become rappers and get rich, and then want to turn gangster.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I,
1: that's the shit that I don't understand. Like, right. you know, you, you 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 do this to get out. This is this is our way out. And then you become like it's like it's like a, a, a alter ego. Like mm-hmm. you want to live the person or the people you rap about. And a lot of rappers, that ain't they life. They rapping about their homie that's with them. And then they, instead of, like, they could be getting us some shit. And, it's, and they, man, will shoot for them. And they say, mm-hmm. nah, give me the gun. No, one they don't want the gun. And then they get caught with the gun, got to do a bed, want to come home. And, you know, like, I, I for me, I, I, I did that. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to go back to that. Like, th- there's people that, they never did that. So now they become rappers, they get around. And you got to understand, when you become a rapper and you get money, you attract gangsters. You you Mm -hmm. attract the real gangsters. And that's what Mm -hmm. happens with a lot of rappers. They attract the real gangsters. And they get infatuated more with the gangster life than the rap life because they never lived it. Mm -hmm. I was the total opposite. I was intrigued by the rap life because I didn't live that gangster shit. So I don't need to shoot nobody as a rapper. I don't need to run around... and and do certain things as a rapper, because I did it. I'm trying to get away from that shit. There's motherfuckers that's trying to do that shit now. It's too late. Mm -hmm. It's too late to be a gangster, and you got a million-plus dollars. Why the fuck be a gangster? Nah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, word. Now, you had talked earlier about the East-West beef and how it did get real for a second, especially in 96. Mm -hmm. And when y'all made L.A.L.A., um, speak to me a little bit about the intention behind that record, and then the response from the Dog Mm -hmm. Pound Because I feel like it's very interesting now, fast forward to 2020, you got a project that you're working on with Daz from the Dog Pound. So how did we go from from Capone and Noriega doing a record about LA, the Dog Pound responding, Mm -hmm. and then for people watching the show who may not know, the Dog Pound video shoot got shot up in in Brooklyn when they were shooting the video for the the response to y'all record. So give me the whole story with that. It's like... Like like I said, it started with, like,
1: it started with as me and Nori trying to find a way to get on, basically. It was, it was like, we need a record that's going to grab the people's attention. Just so happened that Dog Pound made New York, New York. You know what I'm saying? So we like, fuck it. Let's, let's do a response to this record because we're not scared. And then we're not on. So we have nobody to answer to also, but we know we got a bunch of shooters with us and if they want to mm-hmm. feel a certain type of way, it's whatever. But the record was not meant for them. The The record was meant to grab the people's attention to say, who the fuck is these niggas? And right. when we did the record, it was like, all right, we did LA, LA. A lot of people thought that was Mob Deep record for a while. Right, because p was... Yeah, because P-Verse was, 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 done, was very man. prominent. Yeah, and then he talked about L.A. And then P wound up taking his verse off because it was some shit going on with him. And he took his verse off, and Hav was like, no, I'm going to stay on because we're a team. You know what I'm saying? We queens, we repping. Hav stayed on the joint. And, you know, people, even though P took his verse off, it was still two versions out there.
0: Right, so i mean, yeah, that's, we was Yeah, you're bringing me back. I forgot. Yeah, it was,
1: ne- of- it was two versions yeah. out there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it, it was people that, until we dropped the record as Capone and Noriega, it was Mob Deep's record that people thought it was. So even when Pac heard it, he thought it was Mob Deep record. That's why he went at Mob Deep. He thought that was their record. So at the end of the day, when we made the record, it was no diss towards LA. We were mm-hmm. just trying to get on. So now you fast forward to, to 1999, when I come home from jail. I think you remember this too, 1999 Saucer Awards when everybody was getting robbed in LA.
0: Right. That
1: was That was crazy. And I was scared to death to go to LA because I didn't know the temperature. Mm Because all I remember is right before I went to jail, I made a song called L.A.L.A. So I spoke to Corrupt while I was in jail. Him and Nori was doing Freak It Out. And I called the studio from jail. I called Nori's phone from jail. And he like, yo, Corrupt want to talk to you. I'm speaking to Corrupt. Corrupt like, yo, niggas, number love love. So when we get to L.A., Corrupt meets us, him and his Mm -hmm. whole crew. You know, so we like, we good but everybody getting robbed. Shit is crazy. We're like, fucker. We staying out here. Everybody going home. But make a long story short, from then, we became cool as hell, me and Corrupt. At that time, I didn't know Daz because Daz didn't come with Corrupt at that time. And then every time after that, seeing Corrupt, I only saw Corrupt. I never. I didn't see Daz. So I had, I had no relationship with Daz. So... Fast forward to now, years later, we do Jack Thriller's birthday party. It's me, Nori, Daz Corrupt, Drew Hill, Tony Ayo, and me and Daz. Daz was like, oh, shit, finally we link. Let me go back one second. One second.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did a show for uh, Rest in Peace, my man, Yao. uh Street Laws from, from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He just passed away. Rest in peace, y'all. You know what I mean. I did. I did. A, I did a record for them, so they had a big concert at uh, at Webster Hall, and Snoop was there. So Snoop had Daz corrupt with him. So we all backstage smoking and all that. So that's the first time. This was probably like two thousand six or something. That was my first time meeting Daz. So I, me and Daz kicked it, but that was it. And ten years? No, maybe fifteen years? No, no, no. 13 years later, something like that, for 12 years later, we meet in Vegas. He like, yo, you remember that time we was at the joint? And from that moment, me and Daz became like inseparable. It was like, yo, let's do a record. So we did a record. And shout out to my man, Merk Beats. Merk Beats produced the record. It's called Star Tender. And we went from saying, yo, let's do one record. Let's do another record. Then we did LA, LA, New York, New York. And Merk Beats and Daz produced that together. So we said, nah, we're gonna give the world something special. Cause every record that we we put them two records out, the response was crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. y'all two motherfuckers working together? Like this is unheard of. Like, we thought y'all had beef. We thought when y'all see each other, y'all was gonna kill each other. (laughs) No. Right. Excuse me, no. It was no beef. It was, I don't wanna, I don't wanna bless Nori's Drink Champ episode uh, up, but. You know, cause y'all both in the same game, and I'm I'm getting in the game too. I got a podcast coming out too.
0: Okay. So, so I know how to shout out but, to Drink Champ Drink Champions. Yeah, I'm, you know I mean? I'm definitely inspired by I'm definitely inspired by what hey man, I love him him my brother and I know that EFN, EFN has been, been involved in, 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 in and y'all he, he was involved in putting out a record with the channel ten or something, right? EFN been with
1: me since mm-hmm. nineteen ninety been yeah, with man. Norris since nineteen ninety eight. Right. So EFN, EFN been he been with us our basically whole career. Like, yeah, yeah. there would not be no CNN without EFN. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, I'm not just being brutally honest. Like, he he made sure right. that All right, right. everything he did involved us. You know what I mean? So, I definitely got to give it up to him. But in the episode of Dream Champs, they talk about their ideology. What was going on at that time when 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 they dropped New York, New York, and we was talking about what, what was going on with us. But th- the funniest thing about it, we, we never had no beef. They didn't make New York, new York to go at us. We didn't make LA, L.A. to go at them. And that's why we're so cool right now. That's why you have the album for me and Daz. That's why you have like Norian and, and Corrupt got their relationship. Me and Daz got our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Right and that's what makes us special as a group. Like, we, like the new record we got, me and Daz... It's called, excuse me, it's called Guidelines. It's me, Nori, Corrupt, and Dash. But what makes it so dope is that the title of the record says C&D, Capone and Dillinger, featuring Corrupt and Nori. Oh, that's beautiful. Ellis, 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 you know what I mean? It's not like CNN featuring DPG. It says C&D, Capone and Dillinger, featuring Corrupt and Nori.
0: That lets you know the camaraderie where we at right now in hip hop. No doubt, no doubt. Now, um, you've seen your fair share of label drama. Um, yes. De La Soul, uh, De La Soul, your Tommy Boy label mates, they've gone through a lot of drama with Tommy Boy and not having yeah. access to their music, and you can't even yeah. find a lot of De La Soul music online because of their yeah. drama with Tommy Boy. Nori in, in the song "Grimy" said, "Fuck Tommy Fuck Boy" to make it just Boy. suck.
2: You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, yeah.
0: Tell me about your, your experience with Tommy Boy and how that impacted your experience just with the whole industry. I mean, Tom Silverman, you know,
1: I don't know if I should say this because we're trying to buy back the war report and the union, but he was a piece of shit, man. Like, like, Tom Silverman was somebody that I said I'd never want to be like. When you mm-hmm. could snake your friend that you've been in business with for 20 years, and you can just turn around and snake him, there's no telling what you can do to everybody else. And I'm going to give you what happened, right? And this is totally crazy. One day, Tom Silverman calls um, Chris Lighty, rest in peace, Chris. He calls Chris Lighty like, yo, I want to take CNN to dinner. Hmm. So we like, all right. He's like, yo, ask them where they want to go. You know us, Mr. Childs, baby. We're going to blow the budget. You know what I mean? We're going to blow his budget. We're going to see where his pockets is at. So he he think it's gonna be just me and Nori. We get to Mr. Charles like twenty people. Everybody gotta eat. You know what I mean? You wanna <laughs> eat with us? Everybody gotta eat. I'm right. in there. I got the bulletproof vests on. This one I was I just I was I was I was on some bullshit at this time. I got the mm-hmm. bulletproof vest on. The gun on my waist. I'm a Mr. Charles. Like what the fuck, you gotta talk about? Cause mind you, he didn't wanna have nothing to do with us before this. Uh-huh. Like it was Neil Levine who held us down. Neil held us down. Tommy. Tom Silverman act like we didn't exist up until when I came home and he seen how hot niggas was. Now he want to be a part of it. So he want to take us to dinner. Why you want to take us to dinner? So now we get to the dinner and he like, yo, I'm dissolving penalty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're dissolving penalty? For what? We're doing great. Like, we're, we're winning. Like, he like, no, I want to be hands on with you guys and all this. So he like, yo, I... I'm going to double whatever money and all this. So we'd be we, we looking like, all right, he, gonna, he breaking out the bag. He's breaking the bank open. We in. So now Chris, like, yo, my, my, my boys need this and this. So now Tom Silver, and this is Zach Words, what do you need from penalty so we could keep going forward on Tommy Boy? So we like, we need Cardin. We need Hat for Mill. We need Carolyn Williams. We need mayhem. We need Martin Moore. We we running down the line of everybody we need to make everything cool. So he's like, "I'm bringing everybody." So we was like, "I right, bet." So we mm-hmm. thinking, all right, this is gonna happen in weeks." We eat the food, but mm-hmm. before we leave, we turn around, we see Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah grabbed my jacket like this. She was like, like pointing at Tom Silverman, like, "No good," <laughs> and I'm like, "Holy shit." <laughs> This is coming from the queen. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, holy shit. So now we leave. No bullshit. The next morning, t- um, penalty was our hangout. We had the rooftop where we could smoke. It was our hangout. We had the boom, boom room. We It was the, it was the hangout, my nigga. So now we get the penalty. No, no no. matter of fact, Gino calls me like, yo, the doors is locked. Tom Silverman had them Come padlock the doors. Mm. I'm talking about Neil Levine couldn't even get in his office. He's the owner of Penalty. Mm. So when he did that, I said, oh, this nigga's a piece of shit. Like, you don't even... I'm talking about <laughs> the very next day after the meeting. Right. Like, you don't even give motherfuckers a chance to go get their shit. Mm. He had police escort everybody in there. And you couldn't even take your... They couldn't even take their shit home. They had to take all their shit to Tommy Boy. So right. now we get to Tommy boy. Let me tell you what this motherfucker does. So now we like, yo, yeah, we're we gonna drop the reunion. We, we're, we're super hot right now. We're super hot. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, I think I'm gonna go with Daylight Soul. We like, what? <laughs> like, hold up. We like what? Like, no disrespect to Daylight. Uh-huh. All of them is my homies. And they, mm-hmm. I swear to you now, Tyler, this was makes it iller, They was fighting for us. <laughs> they was like, no, you got to drop them <clears throat> niggas right now. They're super hot. See, what he was doing was he was just trying to be the boss. And mm-hmm. De La Soul telling him, don't drop our shit right now because we're not ready. Them niggas are super hot. Drop they shit. Pone just came home. Mm-hmm. They fucking with us. So now yeah. they don't even want to drop. He forces their album to drop. They shit don't do what they supposed to do. So now he comes to us and trying to put the flame to us. Now, like, yo, mm-hmm. y'all got to drop. We like, nigga, we was been supposed to drop. Right. So, make a long story short, he drops the album. We do like 130,000 the first week or something. we mad because we know we're supposed to do like 400,000 from the heat that we got right now. The fire under we're supposed to do like 400,000. Mm-hmm. So, he dropped the ball. So, mm-hmm. we said, you know what? Fuck you. This is what we're going to do. Because after we dropped the album, we caught the eyes of Kevin Lyles and Leo. So Leo and Kevin Lyles like, y'all happy over there? We like, nah, not really. Mm-hmm. All right, we got y'all. So it is like, yo, when y'all, um, Tom Silverman, they sent the letter to Tom Silverman. Tom Silverman said, they go gold. We'll, 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 we'll let them go. You know what I'm saying? We'll make it happen, we'll let them go. At this time, we sold like 450,000 records, right? So Tom Silverman playing hardball. So the Mm -hmm. next day he goes, remember Dan Hoffman? Mm -hmm. He goes, Dan Hoffman was his partner for 20 years. He locks Dan Hoffman out of his office. They had an argument. He locks him out of his office, gets rid of him, has the police come escort him out the building. This is a dude he knew for 20 years as his Mm -hmm. partner. So I'm like, oh, he's foul. So you Mm -hmm. know what we did? We ordered $50,000 worth of food and just had them send everything to them. Because you know how it is on the label tally. You just mm-hmm. order some shit out the book. They got mm-hmm. the credit cards on file. We ordered right. 50 Big Mac meals, 200 <laughs> pizza pies, 30 <laughs> steak dinners, 20, That sound like
0: yo, Donald we went Trump crazy. at the White House.
1: <laughs> oh, we went crazy. Yeah, Donald Trump at the White House. We went <laughs> crazy. We we right. ordered 50,000. The tab came to 50,000 worth of food and broke all the plaques. That we had up there broke all the plaques. <laughs> and the next day we left. Everybody mm-hmm. left with boxes of food and shit. We ordered from every top scale restaurant they had in the book. And everybody left. The next day we would try to come to the label, and do it again. Police <laughs> was downstairs at, at the escalators, like, oh y'all can't come in the build. <laughs> and, and, and we was like, and we looked at each other, man. We always said, We did our job. And no bullshit. Maybe two, three weeks later, we was on Death yeah. Jam. That's a mess right there. Tom, that's how that's how foul Tom Silverman was, man. He mm. he he had no loyalty. That's what we, we started this interview talking about loyalty. We that's started, right, we man. You talking about loyalty? He has no loyalty to mm. nothing. And for daylight to be going through what they're going through right now, as far as trying to get their royalties and the shit that they deserve,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he don't want to give it up. It's like, come on, bro. Like, mm-hmm. like this is everything going down with people changing the names because their institutions have slave names and all that. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to be a slave master. That's, That's right. what he's trying to do. That's what he's trying to be. Like, it's not gonna work for long because somebody's gonna hang his ass out the dry. Like, it's not gonna happen. And we we're, we're in the process of trying to get our shit back too, the same way as Daylight. And 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 I think Naughty and everybody else should be doing the same thing. Cause he don't deserve it. He don't deserve it. He's not like a a, a a person who deserves it. He don't deserve to own our catalogs. He don't deserve it.
3: I swear, nobody can tell a story like a nigga from New York. Like, I'm like just invested. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> happened next? And then what happened? All right. Hey, so, jazz, jazz. I'm, I'm just telling it like I see it. You know? I love I'm just, it. I'm I love it. Don't it like stop. It. So tell me about like the, uh, you got caught up in the Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim Beef that yeah. ended up in um, Ephraim getting shot. And then uh, Lil' Kim went to jail for perjury. What was your yeah. perspective on that situation and how rap briefs just grow and just get out of control? And did you have any, any regrets from that?
1: Shit, I got every, every amount of regret from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like being that, I told y'all in the beginning, Big, you know, when, yeah, we were talking about Big wanted to the me. I think right. he rolled over in his grave when that happened. Because mm-hmm. I don't I'm not gonna go in details, but when the shit popped off, C's looked at me and was like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Because he was there when Big wanted to sign. He's looking at me like, what the fuck is going on? Like he didn't want no parts of what was about to transpire. And I think he knew what was about to transpire, transpire. And if it was up to him, he would have probably stopped it. But at that point, you got to roll with the rush. I, you, you you can't choose sides. You got to be loyal to who you loyal to. And that's why me and Caesars they the best homies to this day. Like, we understood the, the stance we had to take on both our sides of the team. But at the end of the day, that was something that I'm totally regretful of. I wish it never happened. I would have still made the record. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that I would change anything with the record because I respect what Fox had to say. They're just mm-hmm. like, you got to respect every other record that Foxy and Little Kim beefed on. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't the first record that Foxy said something about Little Kim. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that that was just the instance, instance where Hot 97 fucked up. Mm-hmm. They should have never booked us back to back knowing that we had Bang Bang out at that time. Like, how the fuck you book us back-to-back? You don't book Snoop and and and, and, and and you don't book Tupac and Biggie back-to-back to do an All-Star Weekend. You are, you are, you don't book Game and 50 Cent back-to-back when you know they're beefing. And what happened yeah. with Game and 50 Cent?
0: Uh, outside the same exact
1: shit. The same the shit. Same shit. They so, you know, like, purpose. I feel like, I felt like, you know, no disrespect to Hot 97, because I don't think that they understood the temperature of hip hop mm-hmm. at the time. Like, niggas is not playing. Like, we're right. at a point where right now you got niggas in New York, niggas in LA, niggas everywhere. The temperature was crazy in hip hop at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they really thought that. I thought they, I think they thought it was just music. And they didn't understand until 23, 24 shots was fired in broad daylight at 1 o'clock in the afternoon that shit is real. And then they go do it again. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that at that point in time, that's when they start realizing, all right, we pre-recording shows. That's right. I remember I said, you know, about mm-hmm. the pre-recording shit. They start mm-hmm. pre-recording shows and shit because... You can't. You got to know who you booking and the times. Like they could have had us two hours later,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and history would be different. I would have had a solo album on Def Jam. It was a lot of shit that fucked. Little Kim would have never went to jail. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All you have to do is wait two hours to book us, and the world could have been a different place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Little Kim yeah. could have been hot right now. She, me and little Kim got barred from Radio One, from Clear Channel Radio. We got banned for two years. So, you know how that fucked us up? It wasn't nobody else. No, we didn't get banned. See, no, me and little Kim got banned. You know? So, it's right. like, they, they fucked my life up. Yeah. For one hour interview. Well, you could have booked that shit two hours later, but that's some shit that I wish never happened. And, you know, we all cool now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's cool. You know what I'm saying? And it just fucked mm-hmm. up D Rock. All these niggas went to jail for all the fucking years. Yeah. For what? For something that was, could have been like, yo, all right, let them handle that shit. Like, it's nothing. Right. That shit hurt me. That shit hurt me because I'm still hurt to this day because. I don't want nobody to go to jail. And it's like, the niggas got took away from their family. Niggas on my side got shot. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that shit was no joke. For for them making a mistake of booking two artists back to back. Mm -hmm. You think they would have did that shit if that was Biggie and Pac? They wouldn't have booked Big
0: after Pac. I think it's a lack of, you know, it's, it's our culture. The thing about our culture is is that it's no matter what you how much you want to remove, what the pathologies that go on in the hood, and the way that people are traumatized and the way mm-hmm. that people are have been abused and then start to be abusive to each other. That's something that we as black people as poor people go through. And yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like people, like people like Hot 97. And I'm not talking about any individuals. I'm just talk, talking about nah. corporate entities. You know, they participate in the culture in a way where it is just about the music or the money or the spins for them. Mm -hmm. And they're not understanding the ramifications of not moving moving in a certain way when you're dealing with this culture. Not to to cut your wisdom,
1: God. Mm -hmm. When that first happened, I thought it was a ploy. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of, you know, sometimes you got to sit back and say, is corporate, did they do this on purpose? Like, Mm -hmm. let's see what comes out of this. Because they might've just thought that they was going to talk about us or we're going to talk about them. But they don't understand that we could have talked about each other, but the 20 niggas that's with them and the 20 niggas that's with me, they don't want to talk. Yeah, Mm -hmm. They don't want to talk. They don't understand. So I'm thinking like, did they do this on purpose? And then Clue, he was, he was supposed to know better. Like Clue, you're supposed to say, hell no. you from Queens. Mm -hmm. You are hip hop. Clue, you're supposed to know, like, hell no, we're not booking this shit like that. But I don't even think Clue know. I'm not holding him responsible right. for nothing. Because I don't even think he realized till he said, Who's next? Because he might have got the list until right. after and said, Who's holy shit? Why did y'all do this? So I'm not blaming Clue for nothing. Not at all, Clue. Mm. But I'm just saying that they should have even uh brought it to his attention beforehand. Right. This is who this is the list. Cause they might've just gave him as it goes. Yo, who we got next? You know how it go. Who we got yeah. next? We got little Kim. All right, man. who we got after that? CNN. What? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now yeah. it's too late. Little Kim about to get off. He like who the fuck downstairs? You know what I'm saying? But you know that's that's the shit where I think now they understand that you have to pay attention to the game. And back then there was no social media. So it was no beefing on social media. It was right. no... You can see the shit on the gram. Niggas is pulling up. Like, you know, now you see niggas pulling up to the radio. Like, you i see mm. y'all niggas when y'all come down. Mm. It was none of that. So nobody right. had no idea what was gonna transpire.
0: Right. And that's what makes you crazy. Well, I'm glad that um, it ended up where everybody cool and everybody good. Yeah, everybody talking. good. And everybody uh, I think that, that leads us into talking about your newest project where you're trying yes. to flip some of that energy around and turn yes. around fully. And this project walls with Locke. Um, I think Locke is with you, right?
1: Yeah, Locke is with me right now. I keep my brother with me at all times
0: because no he doubt. keeps my positive juices going. Yeah, yeah. No doubt. Come on, Locke. Let's, let's bring Locke <laughs> on. positive juices going. Yeah, before we get started, shout out to Locke. What's, Locke, how you feeling?
2: I'm good, brother. How are you, man? Peace, my brother. Peace.
0: Good. Um, What's Thank you for having me on that joint, Run America.
2: That, well, first of all, thank you, you know what I'm saying, for jumping on it, man. I appreciate that, man. It was, um, you know, that song, it, uh, it put me in a different place after I did that. Just having you on that joint for me, just, you know, it did a lot for me. So, I, you know, I appreciate it, man.
0: Definitely. Oh, it's love. Tell the people where they can find it at.
2: That album, Lesson 2, um, <laughs> featuring uh, Tyler Quagliaro on America, you can find it anywhere on Apple Music, on Spotify Music. It's, it's on all streaming platforms. It's every great record. Great record. I'm
1: mad that I'm not on it, but we'll I'm not call, gonna No, it. <laughs> on. <We're laughs> on no You're I'm, on redemption. No, I'm talking about that record. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, but
1: to, but, but to, I'm 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 gonna pitch something to, to you after, but don't worry about it. Okay, we're, we're talking we're about wolves right we're now. Right. We're talking about
2: okay. incredible, incredible, incredible,
3: man. What's up, Locke? Uh for people who Peace, don't how know are you? I'm good. Uh for people who don't know, you call yourself a hip hop educator. What does that yes. mean to you? Can you uh, tell us a little about a little bit about your career and the message you want to deliver to everyone?
2: i um, sure you know. What I'm saying this is like I call myself the hip hop educator because I do educational rhymes. Um, so we got, you know, I got lesson one, uh, lesson two, which is featuring Talib Pali and right now put out Wolves, which is also an educational album. But um. The content I, I, I talk about, for example, on lesson one, I got a song about the first twenty-five presidents. I got a song about the Moors. I got a song about Black women in Congress. I got a song about fifty states. You know, for example, on on lesson two, we got a song about I have a song about Harriet Tubman. I got a song about Martin Luther King. Uh, Run America is a joint about current issues. Redemption is a joint about warfare. I'm talking about the Haitian, uh, the Haitian Revolution, old warriors of the past. Mm-hmm. Wolves, we got a song about Queen Mazinga and Sada side of You know, we educate through rhymes. And I'm coming from a background of battling and rapping. And, you know, I started rhyming pretty much when I was like nine, ten years old. So, you know, it was a transition just to go down this lane and, and specifically and exclusively kind of do educational hip-hop music. But that's that's what I do.
0: Now, um, how did you and Capone link up and what made y'all want to... Do this project together
2: um you know capone He tried of, to battle me you know what nah. i'm saying then
0: i
1: took
2: my mother play i, I, I did <laughs> no such thing um <laughs> my man my, me and Merk, uh, my man mercury beach um he he was the one who made the introduction he was working with capone on on the uh the dash capone joint that he was talking about me and Merk been cool since we was in the seventh grade you know what i'm saying like that's my brother um i go into the studio he plays me a joint that he's working on with Capone. I asked him for an introduction. You know what I'm saying? And special shout out to Merck because Merck is the person that facilitated everything that happened with Tyler probably and myself. I asked Merck to help me do that. You know what I'm saying? So that Merck is responsible for that as well. So it was, um, you know, that that's I, I, I'm like, listen. Capone, you doing? What can I get him on this album? Could you make an introduction? Can we make that happen? He was like, "Yeah." Me and Capone met, and our energy just connected. We met in the studio recording Redemption. That was the first time we had a conversation, Um, and you know, we just we made it happen from there. From that point on.
3: Um, I know you kind of explained it a little in the intro, but what's the meaning behind uh, the title Wolves?
2: Well, for, for me, we came up with the title Wolves for a variety of reasons. Number one, a wolf is known as one of the smartest animals in the animal kingdom. Number two, they move strategically. Um, you know, they work in packs, but they move strategically. When we was doing this album, we thought about, we was having a conversation about smart animals. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? We was, we was like you know, speaking almost uh, anthropomorphically, you know what I'm saying, saying, listen, you wait, know, Wait, famous, wait, 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 wait. He just <laughs> said anthropomorphically, <laughs> you know?
1: He did. That's, this is educational hip hop right here. We, he, we, we <laughs> went from
2: the hood
1: to anthropomorphically. But, you know,
0: <laughs> but
2: this is the conversation I'm having with this brother right here, you know what I'm saying? This is, this, is our, this is our conversation at like one o'clock in the morning in the studio. Anthropomorphically. You know we, um, we was in there, I'm you in, know, feeling special, having one of these great conversations. And, and and the wildest part about it is I actually, the truth is I actually forgot that we said that we was going to call the wolves and the next time we seen each other in the studio, Capone was like, yo, that was a great idea you had, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? But, you know, that conversation is why this album is called Wolves, you know what I'm saying? And then, when we wanted to do an actual song called Wolves, I had the ideal in my head for a while. I'm like, yo, I want to do a song about wolves of the past. So with the the title of the EP is Wolves, but our first song is Wolves. Capone is talking about modern day wolves. I'm talking about Mbogala Jagers from the 1600s, who was the wolves in that period of time and how they got down and how they pillaged and how they robbed and how they went to war. And, you know, it, I thought, I can't get anybody better than, you know, than, I'm about to call you Tyler, than my brother right here, Capone, to express uh, modern-day Wolves and for me to talk about Wolves of the past.
0: Right up. Capone, earlier, you were, some of the things you were saying made me feel like, you know, you understood uh, 5% philosophy. And I know that you and Nori was rolling our record. At one point, that was almost called the new 5%. Um, yeah. You and, In Redemption, you start out talking about the Poor Righteous Teacher. Um, can yeah. you tell me your, your connection with the 5% philosophy? When me and Nori met,
1: we both was coming into the age. You got to figure in the early 90s, that was big. Like, 5% mm-hmm. Nation was was real big. in The streets, hip-hops, the jails, everything. Mm-hmm. And the craziest thing happened was that, like I said, me and Nori was on two different sides of the jail. Nori got life on his side of the jail, right? Mm-hmm. Dude schooled him, gave him life. Boom, gave him the book of life, gave him the 140. Then the same dude got moved to my side of the jail and gave me life. But didn't know that we knew each other at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It just so happened that we connected. So when Nori came to my side of the jail, his name went from Nori to Father Kwon dude. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My name went from Capone to Wise, you know what I'm saying? So for us, that that was all we knew from that point on. We, we mm-hmm. wasn't Capone and Nori, you know what I mean? We was Father Kwan Do and, and, and Wise, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, people don't understand that that's how far we go back. Like we got life in 1992. And I've, I've lived that every day ever since. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I haven't ate pork, and I know that's not the main thing. But I'm just saying that that that's when my life changed. That's when right. I, I I learned that that what what the lessons is, what the mathematics is, what the alphabets is. You know, I I, I learned everything. And, and shout out to my man Just. You know what I'm saying? And we just lost one of our good, good, good God body brothers, my man Ty King I love. Rest in peace. We just lost him. You know what I'm saying? He was big, you know, all the wound. Like, you know, I, I I can say 60% of the brothers around me are God body. So mm-hmm. every day I'm getting tackled with lessons. I'm getting tackled with, with with degrees. So that's my life. That was me and Nori life. But we did something special. We took. The lessons and incorporated it into like Middle Eastern times and took it because lessons is a way of life. Their way of life is is similar to the lessons. You know, we, we deal with the Greeks; they deal with the sun, and they did. De- I don't want to get too smart. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean we're, <laughs> we're here
0: for it. It's, it's, we're here for it, for it.
1: it's we're real. It's like You know, we we're taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and bridging it together because once you learn life. Once you learn lessons, once you learn the book of life, it's nothing else that that can take away from that. I've 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 known people that I've seen that was God body, and then they come home and they blood. But they still gonna go to their man that's blood and be like, oh 31 fool or whatever. And then they gonna see their God body nigga and be like, peace, God. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's life. Yeah, that's life. That that place is- like I think 80% of New York City is God body. In my in my brain, I think 80% <laughs> of New York is God body. Because <laughs> right. that's where we live. We live righteous. God is living mm-hmm. righteous. Whether you God body, you Muslim, you are righteous. A righteous man knows right. He knows love, hell, and right. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to know, you don't have to know the lessons to live righteous. I just so happen to know the lessons. But if I can teach my brother who's not 5%, to be righteous, he's 5%. Peace to the gods.
0: Peace, um, man, peace, man, peace, Peace to the gods, man. man. Peace like, to the gods. And, and peace to the earth, too. Peace to the earth. Peace speaking to, speaking to the, the earth, man. Um, y'all, y'all did songs. You know, my, my homie Kamen did a song about Asada Shakur. Y'all followed in that tradition yeah. and did a song about Sister Asada Shakur. Uh, did a song mm-hmm. about Queen and Zynga. Um, Why mm-hmm. is it important, especially now, with uh, like Toyin, uh Salau is an activist who was murdered While she was uh, Mm -hmm. protesting, you know, you have Breonna Taylor, who, you know, her her justice has not been served for her. You know, why is it now important, especially for black men, to uplift black women's voices in this moment? I think think right now, you know, in
1: this day and age, the music that's made is, you know, we all take blame. I take blame, too. I might call a woman a bitch. I might talk about Mm -hmm. strippers. I might do all that in my music. But Mm -hmm. in this day and age and the time and unrest that's going on in America, I think that it's time to big up the Black woman. Like, when you see the police shove the motherfucking girl to the ground, boom! It's like, yo, whether she's Black, Spanish, whatever, it don't matter. She's still a queen. And that, I think, right now is the time to say there's no discrimination. You Black. You're not a black man. You're not a black woman. You're black. And I think for, for us, as black men, is we have to take time to realize, like, it's not just about us. Like, our women are getting treated. You see the police fucking beat up the fifteen year old black girl in the lawn for having a... Pu- like, it's, it's it's it was just us at one point. We took it as just dudes. Like, they're only treating black men because that's what we stood for at one point. Black men because we we thought we that thought. we was the only ones that's being abused like that, that's being mm-hmm. treated like this by the police. But then we start seeing Breonna Taylor. We start seeing a lot of these young women and, and they're getting treated the same way we're getting treated. I yeah. feel like we have to have a side of Shakur's story and a Queen of Zinger story to be a backdrop, a backbone for even the young queens to understand that y'all not going through this alone. This other woman that was here before you that stood the test of this shit. They Asada Shakur had guns pointed to her when she was in the in the jail and she pregnant with her baby and they put the gun to her stomach and clicking and said, we're going to kill you and the nigga baby. And they did her with the Chinese torture and she withstand that shit. And this is for, and I'm saying this to say This is for our queens to say, you can withstand whatever they bring as long as we stand together. Y'all stand together. We stand together. We can do this. Because one thing that they hate is strong women. Mm -hmm. Because women, in all actuality, control the male. The women are the backbone of the male. What are you a mama's boy? I don't care if your father, <laughs> this, you always gonna be a mama's boy. If you could, you could punch my dad in the face. I'm like, look at you like, you punched my dad in the face. Punch my mama in the face, i watch watching my
0: <laughs> You know what I mean? Right. You feel what I'm saying? I do, yes you I do. You feel what I'm
1: saying? So it's like, we have to let the black woman know that whether you black, Hispanic, or whatever, you're all queens. You're all queens, we're all, queens. We're all from the same Pilgrimage. Let's be together, and the black man and the Hispanic man and the man has to stand for them and let them know that this is somebody you could look after. Because as black men, we have a lot of people we could look after. We have Malcolm X, we have Martin Luther King, we have mm-hmm. we have Clarence 13X, we have a lot of great black leaders as men that. Black men can salute to, but the woman, I don't think they really understand that there are Black women that they can do the same thing for.
2: And that and, and that's what we did, Queen Zinger and the side of Shakur. I, I definitely think that it's important yes, it is. For, um, for, for Black women to know um, that Black men support them. I definitely think it's important to know about our historical and our present um, female powerful people um, from the past and from the present. And I also think it's important to um to recognize our counterparts in life. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like it's, it's a male and a female. We, we, we are, we are the NEA. We 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 are the man, woman, and child is is a word for God in ancient African spirituality. Mm-hmm. So if we we have to we have to let our women know how we feel about them. We have to let our women know that we know that there are strong Black women that that have always been around, whether you go back to Queen Hapsetsu, whether you're talking about Asada Shakur, whether you're talking about Queen Nzinga, you know, there's there's always been, this, you know, the first mathematicians were female. You know what I mean? So I think it's important for Black men just to speak up and, and let the world know, those are our sisters. Yep. We love them. We know about them. We respect them. And these are their stories. And we are going to tell them. You don't need to hear every, our stories necessarily coming from other people. You, I mean, mm-hmm. you can, you know, and I don't, I don't have nothing against that. But you need to, you also need to hear from us. You also mm-hmm. you need to hear those stories from us, from our brains, from our mouths. And I, I think it's, it's 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 extremely important to always, you know, what I mean, uh, talk about our counterparts in life.
1: I think right now, after this pandemic and everything blows over. Mm. It's going to be less strippers and more women going out there. I doubt that.
2: Very seriously. No, but listen, (laughs)
1: listen, listen. Listen. And I'm going to keep it it real. I'm going to keep it real. Because you got strippers protesting and all that right now. Like, you know, you're going to have strippers. That's not going to go away. But I think this time in America gave everybody time to sit down. To sit down and recollect on your life to recollect on everything you're doing, whether you're a drug dealer, whether you're a mechanic, whether whatever the fuck you are. But I think this, this time, a lot of black women are going to get it. A lot of black men are going to get it and look at life because a lot of people before the pandemic was living in a bubble. They was concerned about their life. They didn't have, we didn't protest before this shit happened. You understand? Know There was no protesting before the pandemic. This shit happened. Now we're protesting. it's it's, it's, it's women literally out there that are fighting. No justice, no peace. There's people out there fighting for the cause. So it gave people time to sit back and recollect on their lives. Like, if if you're... You can do the same shit you was doing before it, but at the end of the day, now you have a different perspective on your own life. Like... You might be a stripper, but you could be a stripper for a different cause than going to buy bands. You might be a stripper for, a, I might donate some money to the NAACP. That was never heard of a stripper double, donating money to the NAACP. I don't
3: think that's true. I think it I,
1: might I, happen. I, Trust me. Me and going to make a, a donation. Strippers double NAACP.
3: For, <laughs> You, I was with I'm you for with a you. lot of your a lot of, your yeah, show, but some your of You, you but lost you, me some you, places But you don't think that right now
1: But listen, listen, right? Listen, listen You don't think right now It's a stripper saying I don't want to strip no more I'm going to go into activism
3: You know not think You that? can do both You can be a stripper yeah. And you can be an activist And we need to But that's why I said and, and this That's is, I, and I said this is You all can all
1: strip but for activism is, It's called strippervism Oh my god <laughs>
3: I I just think that I just want to add that number
1: number
0: one,
3: I just want to add number one, number one, we do need to stop putting down our black women in public because I feel like the more we put down black women in public, that's giving other races a pass. And thinking that, oh, it's okay for us to say these things to black women because our own people are saying it. And as we know, black women are the least celebrated out of all the races, so that definitely needs to change. And as far as the stripping, if women want to strip, let them strip. I don't think there's anything bad about stripping. I think that when we were... The main thing with protesting, with what they kept saying, what what kept getting, getting said over and over is that all black lives matter. Like, just because... You're not an activist or you're in the streets or anything like that. You still don't deserve to be murdered by the hands of the police. Like You can do whatever Tracks. you want as long as you're not killing other people and raping other people. Your life matters and you deserve to be protected. It doesn't matter what your job is. Yes. That's, yes. All. that's and all. I was only saying strippers.
1: I was only saying strippers on because for us, every rap record right now that's out, some form faster talks about a stripper, like you know you go to a strip club, you know you make your rap money. I blew twenty in the strip club. When, when, when you gotta break a record right now, it gets broken in the strip club. You know, like I'm I'm using the strip club strip club because for Black America right now in entertainment, that's the number one entity. You have to give it up and be honest. I'm being honest. A script the strip club is the number one entity where. Black people congregate as a unit. I, I go to strip go, clubs to eat good no wings regular, on a
3: regular basis.
1: It's no, you say <laughs> eat good wings, right? But listen, it's no it's no other... It's, clubs is not clubs no more. They, strip clubs are the regular clubs, and they're not strip clubs. They they are now like gentlemen clubs. They are now like, you know, you go party. Strip clubs, you mostly see mostly men. Now it's, 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 it's women, men, it's, you know? But I'm just saying that to say... Like, people look at strippers down on strippers. No, and they there's shouldn't. college degree strippers. There's doctor strippers. There's, there's dentist strippers. Like, what I'm saying is, we as a whole have to protect the black woman. And I'm there saying, so, the like, right yes. now, right now, there's strippers yes. right now that's out there protesting. There's strippers right. protesting. There's, there's escorts protesting. Like... It's at a point in American society right now that the black woman understands that we have our back, we have y'all back, and y'all have a voice as black woman because before it was just black men getting targeted by police. Now you, they don't give a fuck. They punch a black woman in the face and choking them out the same way they choking niggas out. We have to stop that. So I'm saying that to say when you when I mention scrippers, it's just like, hey, you got your scripper tonight? All the scrippers tonight, we're gonna put hundred dollars in for the NAACP fund. They think that's the weakest. <laughs> they think that's the weakest I voice. You. I got you. They think that's the right. weakest voice. Like a scripper always get looked down right. on. But I'm saying it as a point as black woman. No matter what you're doing, you're supposed to be protected, and no matter what you're
0: doing, you're supposed to count. Obviously, for the sake of this conversation, it's not mm-hmm. that black women ain't go through. The, I mean, you just spoke about Queen Azinga. You just spoke about yes. Asada Shakur. You just spoke about yes. how she was physically abused by the cops. So it's not obviously you are not saying that the black women never went through that, but we're just seeing yeah. it more now. Whether it's whether seeing. and it's, I think it's because of the camera phones, and it's because as a society. You know, society. We have to also look at the progression in society. Society. We have progressed to now pay more attention to women, and it's sad yeah. that in order for yes. us to get to progress like that, it takes a Breonna Taylor. Yeah. It takes yes. it, it takes something like that. And I think we, we all right. agree on the same things in, in, term, yeah. in terms of the general point of what yeah. you're trying that's to the say. But point. yeah, the general but, point um, is, is the woman. That's right. But Who I takes do want the to the
1: black add, woman,
3: and I'm I'm um, all 100 and we. Jazz, I hope
1: I didn't offend you, no type of way. No. Because I didn't mean for that at all. I oh, was yeah. just saying, like, strippers, we look down. Like, people mm-hmm.
0: look down on like, 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 they don't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Like well, I mean, striptivism you know, like, is, a, is a, striptivism is a say, great thing. That striptivism. striptivism. That's what you am saying. That's that. our new word, <laughs> no, you, you, you said that. You said that earlier. That's what I'm saying. Like, see, this is what I like about, That's because this is what I like about this, this interview is that I don't think people get to see Capone enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's like, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting to see like you saying some wild, funny shit, bro. Like you saying, <laughs> you, you, you know, it's like, and I can see like, like, I know Nori better than I know you a little bit. So I yes, know his personality, yes. how he can be silly and funny and shit like that. Yes. People think of Nori as a tough guy sometimes. Not so much in the yes. drink, drink Champs era. We see more of his personality. But before the Drink Champs era, we didn't really see the personality like that. Unless you was a real CNN fan, you watched the interviews and stuff like that. Yes. But the, a lot of the music is very tough because it come from a tough environment. Mm-hmm. And to see your story, it reminds me of Brother Malcolm. Yeah. And we, Brother Malcolm has been a constant theme in this conversation about how he went from Detroit red pimping, hustling, being violent to mm-hmm. changing his life. And and who knows? That's that's why Brother Malcolm is so important to the story because so, he was in jail. He was, he was doing, he fell for all the traps and he was doing all the things that society wanted him to do, but he was able to turn it around. So mm-hmm. what I want to ask you and and uh, Locke, what are the goals of this album? Um, what message are you really trying to push with the people? Like what's the most important message to come out of the album Wolves?
2: For me, the most important thing is that education is important. Mm-hmm. That's my overall theme you know, that is it's a continuation of what I, you know, of what I'm already doing, you know what I'm saying? So this is, you know, it's not like an outside the box, you know what I mean? Let's do something, let's do something for the kid, you know what I mean? Like this is, it's a continuation, but I think the most important thing is that education is important. I think also um, when you have to combine uh, pure hip hop talent with education and you can't Get a person that's like, "Yo, I want to make rhymes for kids, just because I want to do something positive." But you can't rap, <laughs> or you like, "Yo, I want to say positive things, and I want to do this." But you don't, you don't, you you didn't read Asada Shakur's whole book, you know what I'm saying, or something like mm-hmm. that. Or, you know, you you don't have. It has to be a perfect combination of things that happen in order, in my opinion, in order for you to make a a hardcore educational hip hop album for the, the kids that grew up kind of like we did. You know what I'm saying? I, I've learned that you're not gonna connect to them if you're trying to speak to them like they're children because this, mm-hmm. the, the younger generation is older because of media and because of things. They, they have the world in their pocket on their phone. They, you know, their knowledge, it goes, travels around the world faster than it did 20 years ago. So for me, it was like, I have to speak to you as, as a real person. I think that education is important. I think that hip-hop, the culture, and the music is important. And I think the the mesh between those uh, two worlds have to come together in a unique way. And I think that this project speaks to that, and I think it does that, and I think that's why it's important. This is not Sesame Street. You know what I'm saying? No doubt. With all due res- respect to <laughs> no doubt. The we Schoolhouse all grew up Rock street. and the hall, like, you know what I'm saying? 1, 2, 3, 4, out what's six, five, seven, eight, I, was eight, nine, was I did I was all old. that. But it's important. It's, it's important, <laughs> word, it, it, it's word, important word, to speak to the youth. And I think word it's up, important to, to, to reach a certain level of manhood and turn around mm-hmm. and say, look, you know what I'm saying? This is what growing is about. You know what I mean? Speaking to you in a different way. And and coming off mm-hmm. in a different way, showing the younger generation and the younger people that life is a continuation mm-hmm. and it's a it's a constant learning thing. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. don't every when you're 20, you think 30's old, and then you get 30 you you like, yo, there's so much more life to live. And then you rap to a, another brother and they're 50, you like, word. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Life don't stop. I'm gonna do that now. You word. I mean? it's, it's, you, you, got, thing, you got you got
1: know, you, know, like, you know like Tyler. You like me, man. We we we're from mm-hmm. the same era. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You get. You get the youngest coming to you, yo, I love your shit, OG. Fuck, mm-hmm. you trying to call me old? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I, I look better than some of you 20-year-olds. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, what the <laughs> fuck you talking about? But I understand it, though. I understand <laughs> I understand that, you know, in today's society, hip-hop has an age limit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I mean that we're the only Johnny that puts an age on our brothers and sisters.
0: What y'all doing with this project is y'all making sure that the art is worth something. So even yeah. if this project, whether, regardless how this project sell, the fact that y'all gonna be able to use this project in schools, and I come from educators, my peoples is educators. That's more valuable than any record sale you can make.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Definitely, and for me, that, like
1: for me, I stopped giving a fuck about record sales and all that shit long time ago. Because once I learned that I have Fans, I have people that respect my journey. Mm-hmm. That's I, I don't care about anything else. As long as I touch those people, I'm I'm good. I'm good with my my my, my perspective. I'm good with my position in hip hop. As long as I reach the people that I know that I could touch, mm-hmm. and that could give something to somebody else. And I mm-hmm. felt like that's what I did with this brother. I felt like he when we connected. When we made music it, I touched him he touched me that's that's all I care about I don't care about the everything else and you know you know Russ right mm-hmm. Russ just put out a, a a picture or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. about his come up and I tell everybody and this and it was about being independent and it was dope because he showed from 214 to 2020. Mm -hmm. And from 2014, he had like 1,000 streams and he showed his shit from DistroKid and all that. $84. Mm eighty four To 2019, he should say a million streams, 282,000, 300,000. And they're just saying to stay down till you come up. It ain't about you trying to be like these dudes on the mainstream, it's finding your way. Mm -hmm keeping your way, touching the people that respect what you do and you don't have to worry about nothing else. They're going to stick with you. Let me tell you something. I've been in this game 20 fucking years, right? Mm-hmm. And I got kids that come up to me like, yo, that's 20 years old. That all I heard from when I was two, three, four years old was Capone and Noriega. Mm-hmm. Like, and... And for me, that was like they don't understand that generation, but they understand us because they parents. Mm-hmm. So all I gotta do is keep hitting these parents and keep hitting these 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 kids that understand their parents. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be here forever, baby. Word up! I'm gonna be here forever. My word and my and my and my my existence, and my talent, and my my jewels that I can give somebody else is gonna be here forever. Because people fail to realize, the same people that came out when you came out that was fans or that was followers when you came out, and they still alive, they still fans and everything now. They just older. They got kids like you got kids. They got responsibilities like you got responsibilities. They just here now with us now. They older. I don't try to reach the little baby fans. That ain't my people. That ain't my people. My people is five percenters and Muslims. And, and, and those type of people, those are my those are my followers. Those are the people no I try to reach.
0: No doubt. Sure well, I mean, I love, I, you, I'm, my I love, I love you, my too. brother. I love you too. I love you too. And, and on,
1: This was so much of a blessing for me, man. Like, you don't understand, man. Like, I, I I really needed this in my life. I could say that I
0: did this with my brother, man.
1: This is Oh, weird. I love
0: it, man. Like, like I, I, I'm very proud to be black uh, because of the struggles that we share as black people. And but yes. my cho- my chosen tribe, I'm I'm born black, right? I didn't choose yes. that. My chosen tribe is artists, and I'm, yes. I'm I, I always ro- represent for the tribe, and I'm I'm proud to be a part of your tribe, and um, you know I I'm, I'm glad that we are able to have this conversation, and um, man Capone, thank everybody you. People's Party, thank you,
1: thank that you a jazz, lot, a jazz. lot, word up, jazz, we
0: the yellow jazz. Along,
3: jazz.